It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to look at buy lows, at sell highs for fantasy basketball. Yeah, that's what we're doing, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am not part of a next-gen academy, so you can save your points. I am also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're here and I want to thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Blah, 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 blah. Four, fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear the spiel. Buy lows, sell highs. You don't have to trade guys. You don't have to trade for guys. You don't have to give rid of the guys that are sell highs. You don't have to acquire the guys that are buy lows. This show is more important just to look at the trends. Right, it is hard to pull off trades. You might not do it. If you don't, you don't. Whatever. This is just about like what's happening that won't stick in both directions. What has is prime for improvement? What is prime for regression? That is how I want the majority of you to view these shows. If you pull off a trade, good for you. Well done. Fantastic. But you don't have to. You don't have to buy the buy low guys. You don't have to sell the sell high guys. You just consider it. If you get a good offer, bang, you're done. That's how we look at it. That's all we need to do. So again, no one trades in my league. These trades are never going to happen. They're not realistic. Okay, I, that is all good. If it helps one person, it's actually a benefit. But overall, there is something to take out of this for everybody, including me, when I prepare it, just to look at the way the players are performing because we don't always break it down as granularly as I think I'm going to do here for these 10 players that we're talking about. And in the, um, in the manner or in the uh, spirit of transparency, let's look at how we did two weeks ago on the first buy low, sell high show. Do we go 10 for 10 in terms of improvements and uh, regressions? Well, let's have a look. The buy lows on the first show we did, which was back in week three, we do it in two-week chunks. We had Trey Young as a buy low. He was 17th. He's now 11th in that uh, intervening two-week. W, small W, very small, but a W nonetheless. Kyle Anthony Towns was 55th. He is 14th since then. That is what the kids would call a big W. Shout out to Woolworths. DeMontis Sabonis he was 33rd. He, since then, is 5th. Oh, yeah, we're steamrolling here. Zach Levine was 81st. He's 43rd since then, and he's not even playing that well. And Jalen Brunson was 68th, and he is 34th since then. Now, a lot of these ones were relatively obvious, right? Like, there was a lot of stuff there that was obvious to see that was going to improve, and we've seen that. And there are certain ones here, maybe like the Towns one and the Sabonis one, which have flipped too far in the opposite direction, which you could then turn and say, hey, Maybe that's a little bit of a sell high because we do not view Sabonis as a top five player. 
but I'm not going to put him in the sell high show, A, because he's in this pipe, and B, because he stunk yesterday. We didn't stink, but he wasn't great yesterday. So that is how, um, yeah, we're off, off to a cracking start. Five of five on the buy lows. But what about the other side, the guys that were overperforming? Did I nail those ones as well? Well, yes. It's not always going to be the case, but we got it. Derek White was 28th. Since then, 115th. I actually think 115 is way closer to Derek White's value than what 28th is. I think around 90 is about realistic for him. Shaden Sharp, 57th. He's 137th since then. It has been a massive struggle. And I think you're aware of my take on Sharp, but if you're not, welcome to the show for the first time. I think when players return, he might actually end up being a drop. That's how I'm... I'm I wouldn't do it, but I, I, I wouldn't do it yet. But I think we might get there. Kyle Kuzman was 59th. He's dropped down to 74th. So not a huge regression there. But I think from memory, when I talked about Kuzma, I said, hey, there's just a couple of things here that he's a little bit out uh, ahead of his skis on. And I think he's going to drop a little bit, maybe a couple of rounds. And that's sort of bang on there. Lou Dort, oh yeah, the most obvious one in the world. 66th he was. He's now 178th. Yeah, he's not very good at fantasy. And the last one is the thick hogsman himself, Toby Harris, 31st down to 69th. Probably about right as well. So that is uh, the rare full 10 of 10 correct on the buy lows and sell highs. Not going to happen every week, guarantee you that, but a pretty good start to things there. So let's now talk about the buy lows that we're looking at here. Again, the buy low is just an easy way for me to A, get SEO stuff through the YouTube channel, but also just to tell you these guys are underperforming. I still think there's room for them to improve. And do you want to get controversial? Let's get controversial because let's look at the big fella, the small fella, the main fella, the number one overall pick fella in Detroit, and that's Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Despite what Yahoo rankings might tell you, which they will tell you he's 111th over the last two weeks, he's actually 49th in minus one rankings. And again, I will implore you, when you're trying to value a player, a straight nine cat number doesn't tell you shit. Because if it did, it would tell you that Dillon Wright was 50 spots better than Giannis last season, which we all know was incorrect and doesn't value the players correctly. In terms of looking at your own individual team, minus one has drawbacks because that's just like a broad overview sort of a ranking to give you better ideas of where to place players. But for your individual team in a category league, it's all about your individual punt setup and all that sort of stuff. So the rankings differ. But if you're referencing just a straight nine cat number, it doesn't tell you anything. And that is really important with Cade. He's averaging 36 fantasy points, 45th over the last two weeks. And again, I will say this, if you play category leagues like the majority of my audience does, 60-40, I think that the split is. I would 100% suggest to you to just take a look at a player's fantasy points when you're viewing whether a guy is struggling or playing over his head. Category league numbers can be small in certain categories and are subject a lot to the vagaries of percentages. So you can see a guy that might be 200th one week and 40th the next week. The swings in points leagues are not that high. And overall, when you're trying to gain a more stabilized view of a player's value, a fantasy points number can be a little bit more, a little bit more informative just when we're looking at that. So just that is a, a cheat sheet, sneak peek way to get an idea, hey, is this real or is this fake or whatever it, whatever it is. That is a very interesting way of being able to shortcut through a lot of the noise. So he's 45th over the last two weeks, Cade, 49th in minus one. Those numbers, they do tend to marry up a little bit. So what's Cade averaging over the last two weeks? 19.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.4 um, blocks. He's shooting 39 from the field, 30 from three, actually 29.7 from three, and 90 from the line. 
So there are very, very clear... This, all of this leads to 49th in minus one. Um, there are very clear indicators there for that to get better. 42% on twos he is shooting as well. And you might say he's not a good shooter. And you know what? I actually, I agree with you. He has not shown to be a good shooter at all. But even being a not good shooter, he was at 47% on twos last season, small sample size, and 47% on twos as a rookie. And it's just unfathomable to consider he would be a 42% two-point shooter the rest of the season. So you might have, let's say, minimum five percentage points jump there with maybe eight. Maybe eight. Maybe he doesn't get to 50. He probably doesn't. But there's room there. Plus, the under 30% from three, even if he's not a good three-point shooter, maybe he's a 34 guy. So there's another four percentage points. You add all that together, the 19.7 points becomes 23, 24 points. The 39% from the field becomes 43% from the field. And then you're actually rolling. The steal numbers are also low. They could increase. But the other thing that's interesting is the free throw attempts. Now, we expect that to increase as players get more usage and more time on ball. As a rookie, 2.6 free throw attempts, low, not great. 3.6 as a second year guy in limited samples, sure. Is it 4.3 over the last two weeks? But last game, he was what? I think 11 of 11 or 10 of 10. And if he continues to improve, that could hit six. And when you're hitting 90% or 87% from the line, getting that to six attempts from the line is huge. Now, he's not adept at getting those. I'm not saying he's getting Trey Young or Shea or Lillard volume, but he did last game. And there is room, I think, still for that to grow. So I am putting that there, not to say that it's lower than other years, because it's obviously not. But Cade's free throw attempts, I think, could still improve. So even though there's been some improvement and last game was really good, there's still so many things here that are bad that can improve. And I can't wait for people to tell me how wrong I am. Cool. Let's look at Cam Johnson in Brooklyn because uh, old Cam is yeah struggling a little bit at the moment. 138th in minus one, 181st in Yahoo rankings over the last two weeks. He's 134th in fantasy points, averaging 24 fantasy points per game, but there are very clear indicators here as well. He's averaging 14 points, five rebounds, 1.6 assists, 0.8 steals, and 0.2 blocks, shooting 39, 34, and 91. What is Cam Johnson? If anything, he's an elite shooter. Now, we saw when he joined Brooklyn last season, the three-point percentage did drop as his usage sort of spiked, so that's okay. But I don't think that he's a 34% three-point guy. He was at 40 last season overall and 43 the year before that. Even if he just gets to 38, there's a four percentage point increase straight away. Easy. Is he an absolute steals merchant? No. Are steals the most variable category year on year? Yes. But are they also the most variable category day on day, week on week? Well, actually, they're not because blocks are. But they're pretty close to it. So he's at 0.8 steals over the last two weeks. That could easily jump 50%. And that's what 0.8 to 1.2 is. 50%, and he hits him at 1.2, which is the number he averaged last season, and then you're cooking. And then he's back inside the top 100. The three-point percentage goes to 37%, and he's averaging 16 points per game, and we're rolling, and we're back at 80 or 70. And the reason, part of the reason I wanted to bring Cam Johnson out is, A, I don't think he's outside the top 130 rest of the season, but also many people have asked, what's going on? This guy's struggling, I'm going to drop him. Don't. And even in a points league, like he's averaging 24 fantasy points, which is still good enough to be rostered in 12-team leagues, but there's improvement here. An extra half a steal a game is 1.5 points. So that adds on there. So that's over 25. You go from 14 points to 17 points. That's another three points. That puts you to 28 fantasy points and bang, you're inside the top 100. It's not really hard for him to get there. And it just is like, this guy's a better three-point shooter than 34%. That if that's the only thing you focus on. That's the easy one there on Cam Johnson. Again, if you're looking to trade 
for I didn't say this with Cade, but if I was trading for Cade Cunningham, I'd, 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 it depends how the, the person who drafted him viewed him. Now, they obviously spent quite a bit to get him in the draft, so it's probably not going to happen. But there are also people who are incredibly reactive, who are ready to just move on from people and drop them, at, uh, whatever, whatever the sort of struggles they're showing. I wouldn't trade for Cade with a top 50 pick. I would try a top 75 guy. With Cam Johnson, I wouldn't send a top 100 player. And if they if sending that guy outside those ranges gets accepted, huge, I love it. And if it doesn't, I don't go higher because it's, it's fine. You don't need to pull off those trades. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors because they are our partners and they're my partner. And they've partnered with me, Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether it's a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire. We're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. We got news today that Jaden McDaniels is out for at least a week with an ankle sprain. We'd already been debating whether McDaniels was a drop or not. I think he is now. They started Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the second half over or with McDaniels out, but he's not the guy that I'm adding. I'm adding Kyle Anderson. Anderson may not start. In fact, it probably is Alexander Walker. But in terms of permanent production, Anderson is the guy to go to there in Minnesota. And even if he just bumps four minutes and Alexander Walker bumps 10, I still want Kyle Anderson. It is a big opportunity for him to play 27 to 28 minutes a night. And that's enough in the short term to be a 12-team fantasy option, at least until Jaden McDaniels returns. This one is going to give you a bit of a leg up for this week and for as long as McDaniels is out. And eBay Motors, they know a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You'll be burning rubber and not cash. Brum, brum. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Okay, that will bring us into the next um, buy-low guy that we're going to take a look at. And we're going to go to San Antonio. And we're going to look at Devin Vassell, who there were people with a lot of high hopes for Vassell. And... I would say prior to this season, or even prior to last season, you wouldn't have found a bigger person higher on Vassell than me. I'm still really high on him. But as often happens, is that I can be high on someone, often too early, which I probably was with Vassell, and then I'm high and I'm talking about him, and then others come and go completely over the top, I think, in terms of trying to value him. And they start pushing him into the 50s or 40s in a draft. Come on, let's settle down. Vassell is struggling. Groin injury is keeping him out at the moment, but not only that, it's the production that's, that's a bit of a worry. 154th in minus one over the last two weeks. Yes, he's been injured, but this is important. 190th in Yahoo and 27 fantasy points, which is 112th. So what's happened? He's averaging 15 points, four rebounds, three and a half assists, 0.8 steals, 0.3 blocks, shooting 44, 46 from three, and 73 from the line. So what is going to come up? Well, he's averaging 26 minutes a game. That is going to come up. He was playing 33, 34 a night before the groin injury. I don't know that he gets back to that. He might stay at 31. He's eight, he's eight starts this season. He's averaged 31 minutes with some injuries in there. So I think it's going to probably head back to 31, 32. But at the moment, all of these numbers, which you look at and go, man, this guy sucks. He's struggling. People have asked me, man, I just got to drop Vassell. He's not playing. He's doing nothing when he plays. But no, you don't. 
this is a perfect opportunity to swoop in if someone drops him or just throw the absolute trash on your roster, the bottom two players, your two streaming options, and try and get for sale in a trade. He's shooting only 73% from the line, which doesn't make any sense considering he's been 84 the last two seasons. We have seen players drop in free throw percentage um, in the past. We have. But the general rule of thumb and the general bet is going to be it's not going to happen. You're not going to be a 10 percentage point worse player from the line. You might be. Some players are. That does happen. But we're all about process and playing the odds. And the odds would suggest that that is not a realistic outcome. In, oh, realistic, that's not, that's not true. Because it's realistic because it obviously happens. But it's not a likely outcome. And we try and play the likely outcomes as much as possible. He's also only 26 minutes a game. 31 last season, 27 the year before that. We have to think there's at least five minutes per game there. And counting stats come with minutes, points, rebounds, assists, steals. They're all going to come. 0.8 steals is a very low number. All of this stuff is set to come up. And Vassell is going to push back into the top 100. And you know that the person who has him is probably frustrated, especially if they've got multiple players injured. And that's really where you can target. If they're in a spot where their injured reserve has got somebody else in there, Bradley Beal, or they've got Anthony Simons in that spot, and they're just like having to like struggle through with extra injured guys, that's when you throw nothing. You throw nothing at them. You throw garbage. You throw two bad players. You throw your 11th best player even. And understand that Vassell is currently dealing with injury. But you can replace that waiver wire guy. Especially if you've got a situation where you're not actually hit with injuries. That is about turning a profit on these trades. And again, if it requires you giving a top 75 player, you say, thanks but no thanks. Enjoy your time with multiple injured, injured players. That's all you need to do. You don't have to buy low on these guys. Buying low means actually buying low. It doesn't mean buying at all costs. I cannot, cannot stress that enough. Let's go to Toronto, unfortunately, and let's talk about the Jedi, Oji Ananobi, who is coming back from injury himself. And this, uh, this is a relatively common theme that doesn't always get taken into consideration when people freak out. Vassell, Ananobi, Johnson, all coming back from some injuries. They've played you know, four or five games over the last two weeks, but this is a part of it. 187th in minus one, that's per game. 269th in Yahoo, 25 fantasy points, that's 125th, that's all really bad. He's averaging 14, 4, and 2 with a steal and zero blocks. He's shooting 34 from the field, 27 from three, and 75 from the line, so the, the obvious things, it's so obvious. Right, is OG Ananobi, the man who led the NBA in steals last season, going to average one steal per game? Probably not, yeah? Now, we all know that steals are variable. We know that the top five guys do not necessarily stay the top five guys, or do they stay at the same number? But going from 1.9 to 1 is just an unlikely scenario for someone like OG Ananobi. 1.5, I could very easily see him being there. But that is still 50% better than what he's currently doing. He's also shooting only 42% from two. Now, we don't look at OG as a knockdown shooter, but he's better than this. Like He's not a 27% three-point guy. He's been at 54 and 51 from two the last two seasons. He's at 42 this season in the last two weeks. All of these stats last two weeks. So there is that is just an inordinate in room for improvement for OG. So the 34% field goals come up. The scoring comes up. Your three-pointers come up. It all comes up. Everything's going to rise with his shooting numbers. And then you chuck the steals in there. He's going to have a run where he goes two steals, two steals, three steals, two steals. And he's going to be flying as the 10th best player. And then I'm going to come on here and say, yeah, sell high. That's how this works. It's a back and forward. It's a back and forward. And that's how you should be viewing it as well. 
We're going to go to another small forward. A lot of small forwardish sort of players here. We're going to go to Franz Wagner in Orlando because Franz is also putting up some, uh, some struggle numbers. And we need to talk about it. 121st in minus one over the last two weeks, 125th in Yahoo rankings, 30 fantasy points, which puts him 81st. How is this happening? Well, it's very, very easy as well. 18 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.8 steals. Anytime you see a number under one steal, you should go, huh, that can probably come up, yeah? Shouldn't take much to get that up. That's one extra steal a week that gets that up. That's all it is. One per week, not one per game. One per week, and he jumps over one. And he hasn't blocked a single shot either over the last two weeks. Not one. Now, he's not a big shot blocker. He's like a 0.2.3 guy, but zero over the last two weeks. He's hitting 24% of his threes. He's at 36 as a second-year player, 36 as a rookie. If anything, you'd expect him to maybe hit 37, 38 this season. He is well down. And his overall field goals were at 49 and 47. And again, as a third-year player, you'd expect that to maybe hit 50, 51. And he's at 45%. So it's the shooting. Shooting and defensive stats. These are the two big things that you always want to focus on. Why does my guy look good? Why does my guy, my guy look bad? Defensive stats, shooting splits. They are the variable things week to week, game to game that influence things and influence our brain as well. So either we look at rankings where defensive stats have outsized importance in traditional ranking metrics, or when we look at production and we see that, man, this guy's not scoring at all. It's because the percentages are down and they have such an outsized effect on things. Again, these are little shortcuts for you to evaluate stuff yourself. Look at the fantasy points and look at defensive stats and percentages. They're the things that cause big fluctuations um, most of the time. So in terms of France, any top 100 player I would send to get him. He's 121st, I'd send a top 100 guy. I might even send a top 90 player to get him. So I'd actually put the same sort of thing on OG and Obi. Top 80 for OG. Probably top 80 for France as well is where I'd go in terms of sending a trade because these are guys who should hover around the top 60, top 50 zone. And there are very, very clear and obvious improvements that can come. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA season is rolling into week five. The NBA in-season tournament is cracking on as well. And you can bet on that with the NBA and the tournament with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if you bet against the Detroit Pistons, or more accurately, if the team that you bet on wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. They've got spreads, they've got parlays, over-unders, totals, player props, futures. You can can you bet on who's gonna have the worst record in the NBA? Hmm, I wonder. I'm sorry, Detroit, you're just uh, in the firing line for this week. How many teams do you reckon that is that people think that I'm a hater of? I'm up to about seven, I think, and the Pistons are on that list. But that's not what we're talking about, because we're talking about FanDuel and getting in some NBA action. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season. FanDuel is also an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that will now bring us to talk about the other side of the coin, and we're selling high. 
Who can we look to either trade away or when evaluating our team, go, mm, hmm, I'm not sure this holds. And one of them is Herb Jones. Now, with Herb Jones, the question is asked, man, what do we do with Herb? Like, is Trey Murphy going to kill his value? And as I have said, what Herb Jones is doing is not impacted by Trey Murphy at all. That does not mean that Herb Jones is not a sell high because he absolutely is. But it's nothing to do with Trey Murphy coming back or anything like that. Let's talk about why. Over the last two weeks, Herb Jones is the 18th ranked player in minus one. You might say, oh, that's high. It is. It is really high. And it's not going to hold. And I'll tell you why in a second. He's 38th in Yahoo rankings over that time and 30th in fantasy points leagues, averaging 41 fantasy points. Now, I wrongly said that Jones is just going to be a defensive stats streamer. And I have been, he has proven me wrong so far. Absolutely. But there are some absolute gigantic waving red flags. They are so bright that this not sticking that is, that is crazy. He's averaging 14 and a half points with five rebounds. It is conceivable that Herb Jones averages 13 points with five rebounds. Totally conceivable. He's also averaging five assists, 2.8 steals, and 1.8 blocks. And I will tell you that there is absolutely zero chance of Herb Jones approaching. He's averaging 9.6 combined assists, steals, and blocks. There is just no way. I'd love to know a player who has averaged 9.6 assists, steals, and blocks. Anyone want to do the quick calculation? Because I'm not going to. That is, there is no way that that happens. And that's what I said. Like, this is nothing to do with Trey Murphy being there or not. He is just blocking every shot in the world. You know how many Herb Jones, defensive legend, blocked last season? He is a very good defender. 0.6 shots. As a rookie, but he was also an unbelievable defender, 0.8 shots. You could argue with me that he might average one block a game. That is absolutely, totally reasonable, completely fine. You might even say 1.1. And I would say, okay, I get that. 1.8, no way. Even 2.8 steals is an insane number. No player averaged two steals a game last season. None. OG led the league at 1.9. 2.8 is an insane number. That's Owen Robertson numbers, who averaged, I think, three steals a game for three years in a row back in the 80s. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's two years in a row. There's no way that these numbers hold. He's also... Legendary great shooter Herb Jones is shooting 55% from three. He was at 34 last season and 34 the year before that. And while you can buy an improvement, maybe he's a 38 guy now. That is true. Literally nobody, apart from RJ Barrett, is a 50% plus three-point shooter. So while it's what I said, like it's got nothing to do with Trey Murphy not being there. Trey Murphy not being there does not make him a 55% three-point shooter. Trey Murphy not being there does not make him average 2.8 steals, 1.8 blocks, and five assists. Got nothing to do with Trey. The, the impact that Trey would have would be shot attempts uh, and minutes. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're just talking about insane conversions, insane defensive stats, which are going to fall away. Now, I do actually think, I have revised my projections on her because I think I was wrong. I've put him sort of in the top 100 for category leagues. But if anyone would give me a top 50 player, like if anyone wanted to, let's, let's do with a buy low, sell highs. Franz Wagner, Ogenanobi, Cam Johnson, I take all of them, I reckon. Obviously, Cade Cunningham. I take all of those guys in exchange for Herb because this shit has just got no way of being able to hold at that level. Can't wait for you to prove me wrong, Herb, but you won't. Let's stay with his teammate and let's look at the big man, the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas, who 
is 37th in minus one over the last week. He's 15th in Yahoo rankings. He's averaging 36.5 fantasy points, which is 44th. And Valanchunas was someone that I was massively out on at draft time. That's not true. I was out on him if you were going to get him in the 70s. I actually didn't mind him around 100 because it was just so hard to get a rebounder at that spot. So I actually would grab him in that area. And we have seen that it has been hard for him to get big minutes with Zion playing. But for some reason, it hasn't mattered because his numbers are insane. 14.6 points, totally reasonable. He's only playing 25 minutes a night over the last two weeks. 8.6 rebounds, three assists, 0.4 steals, and 2.1 blocks. 2.1. Let that sear into your brain. He's shooting 58 from the field, 36 from three, and 79 from the line. So 36 from three, reasonable. He doesn't take many of them. 79 from the line, absolutely. But let's look at this. He averaged 0.7 blocks last season and 0.8 the year before that. Has he become an elite shot blocker, a top five shot blocker in the NBA? I, there's no way. Like I just, sure, I would be very, very happy to die on the hill. Hope I don't die. Maybe I do hope. I, I'll die on the hill of Jonas Valanciunas not being a top five shot blocker in the NBA. It seems reasonable for me to suggest that won't continue. In fact, he's a bad shot blocker historically. In the past, he has had a couple of years, I think with Toronto, or maybe it was with Memphis when he averaged 1.1 blocks. So he could do that. That's one block fewer per game. That's three to four blocks fewer per week. That's 40 ranking spots right there. He's also shooting 63% on twos. And while 63 to 58, you go, well, they're both really good numbers. And they are. It's still a sizable difference. And when you're not taking a big volume of threes, losing five percentage points on your two-point numbers drops that 58% down to maybe 56 or 55, which drops your scoring down by maybe a point to a point and a half. And then everything starts to settle back in and you're not sitting as a top 40 player. You're sitting as the 100th or the 80th best player. It does help Valanciunas at the moment that Larry Nance is out, absolutely. But blocking shots like this and shooting twos like this is not Nance-related. The extra two to three minutes is, but the other stuff isn't. And that is going to come back down. If I was to get any top 60 player for Valanciunas back, I would do it. You're almost never going to do it. But just understand that when you're planning out your week and you're looking at the numbers that are coming up, that this shit is just almost no chance of being able to hold. This doesn't bring me joy. Well, none of this brings me joy because you know, I don't want to prey on someone's downfall. But I do think that Jalen Johnson is going to regress a little bit. Now, this is going to be impossible to pull off, but I just want to highlight it. Jalen Johnson is 41st over the last two weeks in minus one. He's 76th on Yahoo, and he's averaging 29 fantasy points, which is 84th. This is where, again, I tell you about that little short-term glimpse at fantasy points can give you a better understanding, a more stabilized understanding of a player's overall category value. Because he's 41st. That's amazing. No one is giving you a top 50 player. If they did, you would do the trade immediately. Let's get that out of the way. But they're not. No one's going to do it, I don't think. But you never know. There are crazy people out there. But why is this happening for Jalen? 16 points, six and a half rebounds. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. 1.4 assists, 0.4 steals, 1.4 blocks. Oh, that's a little high, but that's nothing crazy. Here we go. 66 from the field, 60% from three, and 90% from the line. This man is not the best shooter ever. He, he isn't. He's hitting 60% from three. He was at 29 last season and 23 as a rookie. And while we very, very clearly can see that he has improved, he might be a 38% three-point shooter. There is nobody who is shooting at this level. And then he was at 63 as a, as a second-year player from the line and 71 as a, as a rookie. And then he's at 90 now. So there are so many percentage points to lose, which, of course, influences scoring as well. And then that takes him from 40th back to 80th, back to 75th, back to 90th. And the problem also with this is when you have these gigantic hot streaks, 
often to normalize, the way that it works is instead of being 60%, he'll be shooting 24% for two weeks from three and 68% from the line for a week to drop it back down. That happens relatively often. So if someone is, is impulsive and wants Jalen Johnson because of what he's done, get a top 50 guy back. If not, enjoy it, ride it out, get ready for the crash. Is it sacrilegious for me to put the goat on here? Because it is a sell high for LeBron James. And you can debate, and I know you will. No way he's the goat. Goat's the easiest call ever. It's definitely Jordan. No way it's LeBron. No, it's actually Kobe. What about Kareem? Do with that what you want. But this man is about to turn 39, and he is putting up numbers which are actually insane. And we need to talk about that it is a sell high in fantasy because not only is he 39 and there are going to be injuries and he's dealing with this shin thing that's going to have him questionable for the next six months. There are numbers here that just aren't going to hold. He's the eighth ranked player in minus one. He's 13th on Yahoo rankings. He averages 50 fantasy points, which is eighth in that uh, setting as well. He's averaging, as per usual, 28, 8, 7. That's LeBron. The minutes limit, which lasted one game, is gone. He's averaging 1.8 steals, red flag. That is going to come back. He is not a 1.8 steals guy. For as good as LeBron is, he's not that guy. He's averaging 0.3 blocks over the last two weeks. That'll probably come up. But what is actually happening here is LeBron is at 62 from the field, 49 from three, and 73 from the line. Last season, he shot 32 from three. The season before, he shot 36 from three. He can vary quite a bit in his three-point shooting, but he is not a 49% guy. That is coming down. If he, if, even if he shot 40% from three, I'd be mildly surprised for the season. And he is shooting two-point percentage numbers that are higher than peak Miami LeBron. He was at 58 last season. 62 the year before that. He's running at 69 over the last two weeks. Giggity. So you pair that with big steals and big three-point percentage, and he's a top 10 guy. We don't love to say, man, move off of LeBron because we, he's awesome. It's unbelievable to watch what he's doing. But zero chance. Zero chance of any of this stuff holding. I'd probably just ride it out with LeBron, but if anyone offered me a top 20 player, I would take it because I think there's going to be significant regression, but also... I just don't trust full-time availability for LeBron. And lastly, we go and we take the microphone out onto the street. It is the man on the street. It is. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Jordan Clarkson. Because since the replacement of Taylor Horton Tucker in the starting lineup, Jordan Clarkson has gone bananas. He's 20th in minus one rankings. He's 37th on Yahoo rankings. He's averaging 44 fantasy points. That's one of those ones where the fantasy points don't really give you a clear indication of how good of how good he might be moving forward. What's happening? He's averaging 30 points a game. So obviously, you look at the first line, you go, ah, nah, way, bro. There's no, you're not doing this. I'm sorry to tell you. 29.6 points, 3.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.6 steals, and 0.4 blocks. Rebounds, assists, they'll hold. Steals, probably not. Scoring, no way. And why is he doing this? 51 from the field, insane. 39 from three, he might be able to do it. That is not a crazy number. That's not Jalen Johnson 60% shooting until you go and look at his other numbers. He shot 34 from three last season, 32 the year before that. He is a guy that will take threes, but 30, if, he, if he maintains 39% three-point shooting, he's going to be really good and the Jazz are going to be significantly improved. I just have seen Jordan Clarkson. I've seen the history of this, especially in a larger usage role it's probably not going to hold. That's not an outrageous number. It could hold. It just seems very unlikely that it will. The other one is free throws. And again, no one looks at Jordan Clarkson and says, you're a bad free throw shooter. No one. He's very good. But there is a difference between 92 and 82. 
look at Jordan Poole, who in the past has been 89 and 91 or whatever, and he's at 81 this season. And you go, that's shithouse in comparison. If Clarkson drops 10 percentage points on free throws and he's getting there four times a game, that's two, one, one point a game he probably loses. Two points a game, maybe. And then you lose from the three-pointers as well. The field goal should go back to 45 or 46. He's just on an insane hot streak. And it does help that Taylor Horton Tucker's not dribbling the ball, the air out of the ball in every possession. And Keontae is finding him and finding him in good spots. And the shots are going in. They're just not going to continue to go in at that level. So if I could get any top 80 player back for Jordan Clarkson, I would do it. In fact, you know what? I might even say top 70 because he's rolling at such a high level that I'd rather probably just enjoy what's happening. And then if I need to drop him in two weeks' time, which might happen, I do it. And that is the end of the buy low, sell high, which is really a upward-downward trend sort of a show that you can get an idea of production of players. And tell me what you disagree with because there are going to be those of you who are watching and listening to this that go, nah, that will stick. And I'd love to know what it is. Please drop it in the comments below. Um, great start for the uh, predictions for me on this one. Don't know if it'll hold next week, but a, a good start on that. Let me know how you go and follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Odyssey and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.